It's amusing to watch the reaction of people when I tell them that I'm a philosopher. The scenario usually unfolds like this. A person asks me what my degree is in. I tell them that it's in philosophy. And then there's a brief moment of awkward silence as a look of bewilderment comes over the person. I watch as the person tries to figure out the meaning of the sentence that I just spoke. Now this all too common reaction reflects the widespread confusion today over the meaning of the word philosophy. What is this thing called philosophy anyway, and, and why should anybody care about it? Well, join me on this next series of Think for Christ as we seek an answer to this question. What is philosophy? <laughs> What comes to your mind when you hear the word philosophy? There are a lot of common ideas regarding the meaning of this term. Many use the word philosophy in reference to a person's general perspective on life, or a person's considered opinion about something, or a theory that a person holds about some aspect of reality. The term, of course, also designates a technical field of inquiry, uh, an academic area of study. And so for many college students, the word carries a painful connotation as philosophy is notoriously difficult. Now for many, the idea of philosophy is a vague or fuzzy one. Its precise meaning is unclear. Uh, we're aware that there are people who call themselves philosophers, and we know that many of them make a career out of being one. We're just not entirely sure what it is that they actually do. It seems as if there's something of an identity crisis when it comes to the word philosophy. And this is no doubt in part because, sadly, the subject's not taught in K-12 public school. Now, to make matters worse, much of the confusion that exists over the meaning of philosophy among the general public is due to the fact that the philosophers themselves cannot seem to agree about the nature of their own subject. In fact, the very question, what is philosophy, is itself a difficult philosophical question and has become a matter of considerable philosophical debate today. And this is why you can find so many divergent definitions of philosophy among professional philosophers over the last century. For example, the American philosopher William James defined philosophy as the unusually stubborn attempt to think clearly. The early Ludwig Wittgenstein defined it as a critique of language. Later, Wittgenstein changed his mind and said instead that philosophy is a battle against the bewitchment of our intelligence by means of our language. Wilfred Sellers famously defined the aim of philosophy as the project of understanding how things in the broadest possible sense of the term hang together in the broadest possible sense of the term. And then there's Elvin Plantica's terse definition. Philosophy is just thinking hard about something. One way to get at the meaning of a term is to look at its history and its etymology. Historically, the first time anyone ever called themselves a philosopher, as far as we know, was way back in the 6th century BC in Greece. Uh, there was a guy named Pythagoras who first used the word to describe himself. However, the word philosophy really didn't have a, a technical meaning until Aristotle set it off as a special branch of learning distinct from other kinds of investigation. The word itself is a combination of two Greek words, phileo, which means to love, 
and Sophia, which means wisdom. So the word philosophy literally means the love of wisdom, and a philosopher would therefore be a lover of wisdom. Unfortunately, most philosophers today do not find the literal meaning of the term all that insightful. Almost nobody talks about philosophy as the love of wisdom anymore. And for this reason, the original meaning of the word is usually quickly cast aside as unhelpful in defining the true nature of the subject in most introductory texts today. So the precise nature of philosophy is a matter of dispute. However, when it comes to the general landscape of philosophy or the divisions of the subject matter within philosophy, here there happens to be widespread agreement. It is generally acknowledged that there are three basic fields or disciplines of philosophical inquiry. The first and most fundamental division is called metaphysics. Metaphysics is the study of being or reality. The metaphysician seeks to carve up reality at its joints, as it were, to know the basic and ultimate constituents of reality and the relations that hold between them. Metaphysical questions include, what is being or existence? What does it mean for something to exist? What are the ultimate kinds of things that exist? What is causation? What is a substance? What is a property? Are there universals or only particular things? What is space? What is time? Then we have epistemology. Epistemology is the study of knowledge. Whereas metaphysics deals with the existence and nature of the known, epistemology concerns the abilities and nature of the knower. Epistemological questions include, what is knowledge? How do we know things? What are the kinds of things that we can know? Is sensation reliable? Does our perception match reality? How do we justify our beliefs? Can we have certain knowledge? And what is truth? Finally, there is value theory, and as the name suggests, value theory is the study of value. This is a broad category within philosophy as it covers value of all sorts. So, for example, a subclass of value theory is aesthetics, which considers notions such as beauty, taste, art, and the like. And it seeks answers to questions like, what is beauty? What makes a good painting, a good poem, a good song, and so on. Of course, the largest and most important subclass of value theory is ethics, which considers moral value in particular. Ethical questions are familiar to us. What is good? What is evil? What is right? What is wrong? What makes for a good person? What is the good life? A fourth field of philosophical inquiry that is often mentioned with the first three is that of logic. Logic is the study of right reasoning. More specifically, logic is concerned with the formulation of the principles of right reasoning. Now, technically speaking, logic is not a division of philosophy as such, as are metaphysics, epistemology, and value theory. But logic functions rather as, as a kind of tool that philosophers employ as they investigate these other areas of inquiry. And this is how it's been traditionally understood. Aristotle was the first to systematically formulate the principles of logic in several of his books, books that were later collected together and given the name the organon, which in Greek means instrument or tool. Logic, too, is focused on answering certain kinds of questions. Questions like, what is an argument? What types of arguments are there? What makes for a valid or a sound argument? What makes for an invalid or an unsound argument? So the nature of philosophy is somewhat brought to light when we see the general fields of inquiry that philosophers concern themselves with. 
It can also be helpful to see philosophy at work insofar as it functions as a second-order discipline. A second-order question is a question about another question, a so-called first-order question. So, for example, a first-order question will have the structure, what is X? Whereas a second-order question will be structured as a question about the first-order question. What is the meaning of the question? What is X? Likewise, a second-order discipline is an inquiry that studies another discipline, a first-order discipline. First-order disciplines are subjects of study that concern themselves with some particular aspect or order of reality. And these are familiar to us, mathematics, biology, psychology, history, etc. Second-order disciplines, on the other hand, inquire into the nature of these first-order disciplines by examining their underlying assumptions, criticizing their methods, clarifying the concepts that they deploy, and evaluating the truth claims that they make. Whereas the physicist is busy with designing and running experiments and formulating and solving mathematical equations, the philosopher of physics will be busy asking certain questions related to the nature of physics as a field of inquiry. Questions like, what is the nature of the structure of reality that's being studied by physics? Does physics tell us about the nature of physical entities, or is it merely mathematically instrumental and provisional? What are the metaphysical, epistemological, and ethical implications of our best physical theories? And so on. So in addition to the standard fields of philosophy that we reviewed a moment ago, metaphysics, epistemology, value theory, there are as many sub-disciplines of philosophy as uh, second-order disciplines as there are distinct fields of inquiry. In fact, for any given area of study, it's possible to have a philosophy of that study. Okay, I've reviewed the meaning of the word, I've discussed the various divisions of philosophy, and I've looked at philosophy and its function as a second-order discipline. I think we're now ready for a working definition of philosophy. I really like the one given by Miller and Jensen in their great introductory book, Questions That Matter. There they say, Philosophy is the attempt to think rationally and critically about the most important questions. There are three elements to this definition, and each one captures something essential to the nature of philosophy. First, philosophy is a rational enterprise. To be rational is to be guided by reason, to hold views that are based on reasons, that are supported by evidence and argument. Philosophers strive for clarity and precision in language, and carefulness in thinking and reasoning. Philosophers don't just make claims and hold opinions. They try to provide cogent and sound arguments to support their claims and their opinions. Philosophy is also a critical enterprise. To be critical in this sense is to subject all claims to truth to rigorous analysis. Philosophers examine assumptions, they clarify concepts, they require justification, and test all claims against the light of reason, against evidence, against arguments. Finally, philosophy deals with the most important questions in life. Recall the primary divisions or fields within philosophy. Metaphysics considers the fundamental nature of reality. Epistemology considers our knowledge of reality. And value theory considers the nature of the good in general and of the good for human beings in particular. It's hard to imagine more important questions than the ones that fall under these general categories. At the end of the day, perhaps the best way to understand what philosophy is, is to watch a philosopher in action. And if you're looking for a good one to observe, it doesn't get much better than one of the first. 
Socrates. Socrates embodied and modeled the philosophical spirit of rationality, criticism, and concern for that which is most important in life. When you read Plato's dialogues, you're confronted with a man whose entire life is dedicated to the pursuit of truth. He wanted desperately to rid his mind of opinions and to fill it only with knowledge, only with truth. He wanted all of his beliefs about the world to be grounded in reason. So he spent his days examining the beliefs of others who claimed to have knowledge, constantly pressing their views for clarity and demanding that they provide good reasons for them. And the questions that most concerned Socrates were those that he thought most important in life. Questions related to the nature of the good for human beings and what makes for a good person and a good life. Socrates didn't just do philosophy, he lived it. And he said as much as he stood trial before the very Athenian court that would eventually sentence him to die by hemlock. Socrates was brought before the court on charges of atheism or denying the Greek gods and of corrupting the youth of Athens. When pressed on whether he would cease his philosophical activities, he made this now infamous reply. He told the court, quote, I tell you that to let no day pass without discussing goodness and the other subjects about which you hear me talking and examining both myself and others is really the very best thing that a man can do. And that life without this sort of examination is not worth living, end quote. That's from Plato's Apology. When you think about it, we are all philosophers to one degree or another. And this was one of the things that Socrates was trying to teach his fellow Athenians. At various points in our lives, we all consider the most important questions of life. Questions related to the nature of reality, to knowledge, to ethics and morality. Moreover, we all want to hold views that are rational. And we all criticize views that we disagree. And we scrutinize them in the light of reason. So the final thing to say about philosophy is that it's for everybody. And it's something that everybody does. It's not just a, a domain exclusive to scholars in ivory towers. It's not something that only professionals can engage in. Now, the fact that we all do philosophy from time to time doesn't mean that we all do it well. To be honest, most people in our intellectually shallow society are pretty crappy at thinking rationally and critically about the big questions in life. So since philosophy is actually unavoidable for you in life, you may as well try to get good at it. In this introduction, I've tried to explain what philosophy is and ultimately settled on a definition of philosophy as a rational and critical enterprise that considers the most significant questions. Yet I've left something very important out. And it's something, in fact, that most introductory textbooks on philosophy routinely leave out as well. We've reviewed the subject matter of philosophy, the characteristics of philosophical thinking, and even offered a definition. But what I haven't done is say anything about the purpose of philosophy. What is the goal or aim of philosophical thinking? Is there a, a purpose to philosophy? Is there some end that a philosopher is supposed to pursue? If so, what is it? Now, this is a very important question to answer if we are to fully understand what philosophy is. As Aristotle said, you don't really understand something unless you know what it's for, unless you know its end, its purpose, or as the Greeks would say, its telos. In the next episode in this series, What is Philosophy?, we're going to consider this fundamental question. And we're going to do so by circling back to the original meaning of philosophy as the love 
of wisdom.